It was a million dollars that kept me up at night, every night. And I realized I had gone so far away from what got me to that point of being successful. And I was trying to do it on my own, all by myself. Now I'm embarrassed. Now I don't want to tell anybody that I'm a million dollars in debt. You know, now I, I don't want to tell anybody that my business is, is not profitable and not successful. And so I literally had to go back to the beginning of where I got there. And thank goodness I had some amazing people still in my life that I could be honest and vulnerable with. And those mentors picked me up. They helped me see the mistakes that I had made. And do you know what I had to do? Do you know what one of my mentors said? Just go back to the point where you were getting it right and start getting it right again. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I bring you Mark Tim. I got to work with 25 people during the 2021 goal setting work session. If you missed out, it's not too late. You can access it on demand and do your own goal setting work session. This is not a webinar. This is not something you can Google and figure out how to do on your own. This is a work session that will leave you with clear goals, the right goals, and a plan to achieve them. Just block off two hours, hit play, open the worksheet, and the rest is simple. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash 2021 to get your copy of the goal setting work session and all of the materials. You'll learn how to set the right goals for you. You'll set up a system that will virtually guarantee your follow through, and you'll get a worksheet and the recording from the live session to guide you through the entire process. And the best thing is that you'll get lifetime access to the materials so that you can revisit this anytime you find yourself wanting a dose of clarity. Just visit jimharshawjr.com slash 2021 and get instant access right now. There are a couple of cool bonuses that you'll find there too. So check those out. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash 2021. Should you have a mentor? Of course, we all know that the answer is yes, absolutely. But do you actually have one? Like, have you actually sought one out? Like, do you even know how to go about it? Or maybe you're just too busy, or, or maybe you have a mentor, but it's in business and you need a mentor for how to be uh, the best parent that you could be, or you want to men- need a mentor in, in the, the health and fitness side of your life. All Americans know that having a mentor is important, but less than half of Americans actually say that they have one. And I think the the number is 46%. Uh, and I think that's even a stretch. So I had a chance to speak with serial entrepreneur Mark Tim, who co-authored the book Mentor to Millions with the original Shark Tank shark Kevin Harrington, uh, who was supposed to be on the show, but unfortunately couldn't make it last minute cancel. So it was just Mark, but it was an incredible, incredible conversation. And we discussed how to find a mentor, what a mentor-mentee relationship can be structured like, and even the reward that you get from being a mentor yourself. And in his new book, uh, in Mark and Kevin's new book, Mentor to Millions, they chart Mark's journey from this pivotal moment that he has in his driveway. And I shared this right off the bat in the beginning of the interview and how Mark worked through this, through this, this challenging point in his life. And Really, you know, I, I I shared this this exact moment. Um, mine was a much deeper, darker one, and I'll share that with you now. And basically, I uh, I went all in on a business. It was called Riot Sports Marketing years ago, and committed everything. 
You know, I went all in and went single-minded focus on this business. And I learned a hard lesson that you can't do that in the real world. When I was competing, when I was a wrestler competing at the highest level, sure, that was fine. But I didn't have a family. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have all these other stakeholders. And so it was okay to go, go all in. Um, but when I did that with my business, uh, I ended up with a failed, not only a failed business, uh, but debt up to our eyeballs. Uh, I had a failing relationship with my wife. I wasn't spending enough time with my kids. I was in the worst physical shape of my life. And that was a, a deep, dark pit for me that I was in. And Mark talks about that, right? We don't talk about it. He didn't have that, that deep, dark moment. He has a, a different failure story, but but he had a similar place where he was kind of all in giving his family his second best effort and giving his business his first best effort. And he talks about how to shift that around and actually bring your best home. So I think you're really going to get a lot out of this interview with Mark, Tim. So let's get right into it. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here, man. I'm, I'm excited about this. I had an opportunity to do some research before I got here about your show and your message, and I'm stoked. So thanks for having me. Good. Yeah, well, likewise. So let's just dive right in on your Amazon page. And I apologize for, for reading this, but this is so good. And this captures so much of what so many of my listeners think and feel that I, I want to start right with this. I'm going to read this, and this is from your Amazon page talking about your book. And I want you to take us to this moment, Mark. And it says this, on one of the best days of his life as an entrepreneur, Mark found himself sitting in his car at the end of his driveway. In just a minute, he would go into the house and greet his wife and children. But as he basked in the success that he just had, he also had to face a surprising realization. He didn't really want to go home. Mark knew that once he stepped into the happy chaos, and that's my house too, is happy chaos, four kids. Once he stepped into the happy chaos of his family, the euphoria of the day would evaporate. His work life and his home life might as well have been two different worlds. And at that moment, he acknowledged, as he puts it, that my business, my businesses were getting my first and my best while my family got my last and my least. And I, I chuckle a little bit because, you know, it's like you're speaking a language that that I've spoken to myself before. And I and I shared this example to the for the listeners in the introduction about my own version of that, going all in on a business and my family was not getting the best of me. So Mark, can you take us to that moment? Yeah, I mean, I have to be just super raw with you right now and say that when you were reading that, like every hair on my body was standing on end because I was at that moment. Like I that moment is so real to me. As it turns out, you know, I I can look down that driveway right now while we're on this uh this interview and I can remember sitting there and you know the the reasons for not wanting to go home should be I filed bankruptcy, I lost a lot of money, I made a bunch of bad decisions. But that wasn't the case that day. It was one of my best days in work. And that's when I realized I had everything wrong. My priorities were all wrong. They were all upside down. And I realized that that I was not put on this earth to win and work and lose at home. I was put on this earth to win at home like I was winning in my work. 
And that day I, I sped home actually that day and I started babbling to my wife and my family and I'm convinced they don't even know what I was talking about, but they heard the passion and conviction of my voice. And I literally went on to incorporate my family, legally incorporate my family where, where each member of the household had shares in the, in the family business. And we, we started holding shareholder meetings and we created a family logo. I mean, at one point, we created a family logo and we used a we used the same exact logo service that I did for my businesses, right? I just took everything I was doing in business and I started doing it at home. And at one point we had 185 logos for our family logo that we were deciding on from designers from all over the world. Like it was one of the coolest things we did as a family. We created a family logo. We created a family mission statement. We had family meetings on a regular basis. And what happened was, is that my business, okay, my business of family, the, the business I was going home to became the most valuable business in the world. What if the most valuable business you'll ever own, ever operate, ever even get the chance to work in was the one you're going home to, not the one you went to? What if everything you're doing as an entrepreneur or as a business owner or as, as working in a business was practice so that you could perfect it at home? And that was the experiment and that was the, the thinking that I had. And I started living that out. And really what I did is I started giving my family my best and my first instead of my last and my least. And it made all the difference in the world made the difference in the world for me as a husband, as a father, it made the difference to my family and my relationships with my family. I mean, my wife and I had something happen to us yesterday that we couldn't even allow ourselves to dream could happen. And I'm convinced that it goes back all the way to the point of our intentionality of the priority that we were going to give our family. And so that driveway moment changed everything in my life and it changed everything in my family's life. And so I'm happy to, to dive as deep as you want to dive into the topic of how we can make our family our most valuable business. So a lot happened, I imagine, between sitting in the driveway, that moment that you just described, and creating the first logo. I mean, what was the catalyst? What what changed that made you? Because I, I want to say this, I think a lot of men feel that at some level and they feel a lot of guilt around that. I also think a lot of men and women too, but I think it's unique for unique at some level for men that we feel this need to be providers in in some uh, unique wiring deep within us. And oftentimes it leads to us giving our best there and not bringing our best home. So how did you, how did you make that shift from the driveway moment to the logo moment? What happened? So I was that guy. Okay. So just to be really candid, uh, Jim, this is, it's an excuse. Okay. It's an excuse that we men use to say we are the providers. So therefore we, we have to work long hours. We have to miss family functions. We have to miss sporting events of our kids because we're providing. But in reality, we feel confident. We feel uh, clarity. We feel more courageous in our work world because we win far more often than we lose. And so therefore, we like that feeling. So when we see ourselves losing, we don't want to spend as much time there. We want to spend more time winning and we get to justify it. I'm providing. Of course, I have to spend more time at work. Of course, I have to work later hours. Of course, I have to travel more because I have to provide. Well, the reality is, is that we are called to lead 
our families as well. We are called to lead our families, not just our businesses. And the cool thing is, is that I can tell you that just straight up, you if you're good at any aspect of your work or business, you can be that good at home. Like this isn't some, you know, crazy, you know, Pythagorean theorem that that only, you know, smart people know. It's like if you're good in business, you can be that good at home. You just got to bring that home and you got to have enough of it left to bring it home. And I promise you, you start leading at home like you're leading at work and you'll want to lead more at home because you'll see more, you'll have more confidence, you'll have more clarity and you'll know, I mean, deep down, we make this excuse about providing, but we know it's an excuse. Okay, we may not, you know, the world may not know it, but we know it. It's an excuse. And so deep down, we know that we're put on this earth, not just to win at work, but to win at home. We're put on this earth to lead. We're put on this earth to invest in our most valuable business, which is our children, our spouse. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're woman, man listening to this. You know, we know that we're supposed to be the best husbands and wives, moms and dads that we can possibly be. But yet we can use work as a convenient excuse when it doesn't feel good. And I'm here to tell you that if you make your family your most valuable business, if you give them your first and your best, you'll feel even more confident and have even more clarity towards your entire life than you have right now when it's just focused on work. What's the difference between parenting and being that leader at home and being a mentor? Because you talk about, you know, bringing that that mentorship and that leadership home. What's the difference? Or is there one? Oh, uh, well, to me, I had to erase the the grayness. Like to me, leading at work and leading at home became the same thing. You know, I was bringing the same. I just basically said, what am I good at at work? So I'll give you an example. So we use personality profiles to put together, you know, dream teams at work. One of them that we used was a DISC profile. It's D-I-S-C. You may have heard of it before. So I'm using the DISC personality profile at work to create the dream team at work. But I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, my real dream team is at home. So I, I bought some extra profiles. I brought them home. I gave our entire family the DISC personality profile. And then each kid had to give a presentation to the family about their profile. And so did my wife and so did I. And do you know what that did? That allowed our children to have the clarity that their sibling wasn't just weird. They were different. Like their sibling wasn't just annoying. They were just wired different. Like it, it taught them that, that they were uniquely different, that they were born different. And it gave them permission to be different. And so I wasn't just a parent in that moment. I was doing the exact same thing that I was doing in my work. I was CEO of my work giving disc profiles to build dream teams. And I became CEO of my family giving disc personality profiles so that my family would have permission to be different, that they would have permission to get along because they were different. And instead of saying, you annoy me, it's you're different than me. You're wired different than me. I understand now why we are not the same. And so that's an example of, of taking something from your work world and bringing it home because they're the same. So yeah, were we parents? I mean, in our family meetings, you know, when we started doing something called family court and and basically it was if you screwed up during the week, instead of just punishing you right there, you had to go in front of the family court and you had to say what you did, why you did it, and why you're not going to do it again. 
Well, let me tell you something. We had kids begging us for punishment, ground us, you know, uh, make us do physical, do anything but go in front of family court. Because the act of going in front of the family and taking responsibility for what you did was 10 times the punishment that we could dole out as parents. And that's the same kind of thing I would do in work. You know, I wouldn't stand there and scold somebody at work. I would I would put them in front of their colleagues and, and talk about why that mistake was made and how we're going to avoid doing it in the future. So if I would do that at work, why wouldn't I do that at home? You know, so it's just, I took the same things and I just applied them and guess what? They apply, they work. So I'm picturing Mark, it's like a hundred percent buy-in. It's perfect. Everything goes so smoothly, your house and everybody, everybody buys into the logo and the cord and the, and the incorporating of the family. And, and I'm picturing my family and how this will go. And there will be like complaining and fighting and another one of dad's harebrained ideas. I mean, what's, uh, what's the reality of, of, taking this concept, bringing it home, having the conversation with your wife, having the conversation with your kids and the the beginnings of implementing this. Okay. So to be fair, so I'll just tell you how this works. So one of my kids, I'm not sure I'd ever seen them do homework. Okay. I'm not going to name them. I'd never seen them do homework in my presence. And when I started calling family meetings, all of a sudden, they had more homework than you could imagine. Like how could they possibly attend the family meeting because they had so much homework and, and don't you want me to do well in school? And don't you want me to pass this test? And so how could we possibly, you know, not, you know, do this homework. And so, so yeah, you know what, you know what they were watching for? They did think it was a harebrained idea. They did think maybe this was just a fad. So what they were looking for was consistency. They were looking for commitment and consistency. Was I going to be committed? Was I going to be consistent? And we had to have our family meetings on Sunday nights and we had to be consistent about it or they would find a chink in the armor. They would find a hole in the system. So could we be that consistent? Yes. And once we showed that we were consistent, then they started buying in. And by the way, by the time it was done, so just here it is, everybody's saying, you know, this is crazy. Dad's lost his mind, you know, and then all of a sudden it is consistency. And over a period of years, at the end of this whole experiment, at the end, before our kids started leaving us, our kids were leading the meetings. Our children were leading the family meetings, not mom, not dad, but our children were taking their turn at the front of the family leading because the concept had evolved way past mom or dad's harebrained idea, but they had full buy-in to what we were accomplishing as a family. How often do you have these meetings? Uh, I, my recommendation is, uh, especially at your stage with like your kids. Now, remember, my kids are now young adults. And so I didn't talk about this concept early on. People, when I would share with them, they'd be like, oh, you got to tell people about this. But it was an experiment. I didn't know how it was going to work out. And so, you know, so my suggestion is once a week. And if you've got little kids, keep it short. I mean, you know, this doesn't have to be, you know, hour long, three page agendas. But you do need to talk about more than just what are we doing next week? You know, you need to share things like what you've learned in your work world about personality profiles. One of the most profound things we did as a family is we did the five love languages. You know, we did the five love languages and the kids got to present on their love language. We spent six months doing 29 character traits that we believe are necessary to live right because live right is part of our family mission statement. So we identified 29. Oh, this is a funny story. 
our young adult children were sitting around our kitchen table, okay, and they call themselves the baby adults now. And so our baby adults were sitting around the kitchen table, and one of them had this aha eureka moment and said, wait a minute, those character traits that you had us do presentations on weren't random, were they? They were not random. And so they figured out that we had assigned them character traits to do presentations on, and we assigned them traits based on what they needed to grow and work on as a human being, but they thought they were random. But now as a, as a young adult, they realized there was no randomness to that. We had them do full-on video-embedded PowerPoint Prezi presentations on humility and mercy and grace. And so, you know, and, and they learned to give presentations. They learned to, to grow, you know, in that way. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm picturing my family uh, asking my kids to do this. They're, they're, one of my kids would probably be like all in on, on this. The other ones would be like, ah, more homework and PowerPoint presentation. How do you deal with that? How do you, you know, because I, I imagine a lot of the, the listeners are thinking the same thing, uh, more homework. Again, start off slow. We didn't go straight to PowerPoint presentations, but it wasn't an option. Like this was not an option. Like you didn't have the option of, of opting out. But I will tell you that, that when our kids realized they had a voice and a vote, it was powerful. You know, so it we we really did give them a voice and a vote. I mean, you know, it's it's the difference between leading or parenting. And and I know there's a gray line there, but as a leader, I let my team vote. I let them have a voice. As a parent, sometimes we don't. And so, you know, so it's you gotta be a little careful there. But in those family meetings, they had a voice, they had a vote. And so they wanted to exercise that voice. And I remember one of the coolest things we did one time was my wife and I coached a soccer team of, and we had four of our kids on the team at once. And if you pass the ball to the person who scored, you, the passer, got to go along the sidelines and get high fives by the whole team, not the person who scored the goal. Now, why is that? Because the person who scored the goal got all the glory from the crowd. But we know that the real hero in that equation was the person who passed the ball. So in our family meetings, we went through a period of time where we celebrated them finding some of their siblings that did something good. So the person who did something good did not get celebrated. The person who found them doing something good got celebrated. And so it became more rewarding to notice your siblings doing good than it was for you doing good. And so, and you see how that contagious that can be and how that's the right side of the equation to be on. Celebrate them seeing each other doing good instead of celebrating them just doing good. Doing good is the reward, but seeing the good done and recognizing it, that's the real gift. That's the real thing. So, so it just became, it started slow. It became something that built. I mean, and I'll tell you, all right, one of the things, you know, people who buy Mentor to Millions, our book that we just released, you know, we talk a lot about mentorship. We teach business lessons, but I tie all these business lessons back to family. But at the back of this book, so the resource section of this book, I actually give away an ebook that I wrote uh, seven years ago called Win at Home Like You Win at Work. And I even have a family meeting guide that teaches you how to do effective family meetings so that you don't fail right off the bat, so that you have a framework that you can use to have an effective family meeting, whether you have little kids or teenagers. And remember, we started this when our oldest was a teenager. So it wasn't like they were real little and that's all they knew. I mean, they had plenty of time to complain and see if they could figure out how to get out of this stuff that we were doing. But when we did stuff like the family logo, they bought in. 
when we did stuff like the mission statement, that was their DNA on it. So when you do those things that really pull the family together, all of a sudden family meetings become something more powerful than just, you know, an annoyance every week. And this is leadership basics from work as well. I mean, giving people a voice and a vote increases accountability. I mean, it's proven, it's shown to, I mean, whether it's in sports or in business or in your family, when you give people a voice, when you give people a vote and ownership, they're going to be much more likely to do that. And you're just implementing this uh, under under your, your own roof at home. That's it. That's, I mean, I, I already, you know, I said this and I'll say it again, because it's worth saying, if you're good at any aspect of your business, you can be that good at home. Okay, but what you need to do is those two worlds have to find themselves together. I call it work-life integration. I don't call it work-life balance. Okay, we're we're the number one book right now on Amazon in work-life balance. Although I don't really believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration. I think it's almost impossible to achieve work-life balance. You can go your whole life and never be in full balance of your work and life, but you can't integrate them so that they support each other, so that they exponentially impact each other in a positive way. And that's what I believe is work-life integration. One of the things I did, if, if this is going to be my most valuable business, I started taking one of my kids on every business trip I went on. Like it was, uh, my wife had this huge whiteboard, four foot by eight feet and it had our calendar on it. And the big part of the calendar was what trips is dad going on and who's going with him. And, and, and I'm mm-hmm. telling you relationships that I built in planes and, in, uh, in Uber cars in hotel rooms with my kids are part of the reason I have the relationship with them today that I do. And I'm so thankful I started taking them with me. I can't believe I went almost a decade without traveling with my kids. I feel so foolish. And I I encourage anyone out there to travel with your kids. Take them. It's worth even taking them out of school to have them travel with you and experience your world as an entrepreneur or as a business leader. Quick interruption. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to get the notes, quotes, and links in the action plan from this episode. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. That's jimharshawjr.com slash action to get your free copy of the action plan. Now back to the show. Now you've had mentors in your, in your life, Kevin Harrington, who unfortunately couldn't join us here today, but he has been a, a mentor for you. How important has that been? And how important has it been not only in, in business, but also in, in family and finding that, that balance or that integration of work in life? Absolutely critical. You know, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you if it wasn't for mentors in my life. Like I, I've made too many mistakes in my life to have the success I've had without mentors. And so mentors, what the beauty of a mentor, like the, the best mentors let you fail. I mean, you know, any mentor that doesn't let you fail is not a good mentor. Okay. Cause failing is part of life. That is, that's how we get stronger. I mean, there's an entire book, there's an entire chapter in this book called failure to Phoenix because we believe that uh, that failure is the key to great success. And so we encourage, you know, I mean, and, and I know you you understand that, but we, we encourage mentors to let their mentees fail, but be there to help them learn from that failure and pull them up. And that's what a lot of mentors have done in my life. And yeah, I've had, I've had awesome mentors. My first mentor was Zig Ziglar, so the motivational speaker. And he's, it's, he's the reason I met Kevin Harrington. He was Kevin Harrington's mentor. So Zig's children introduced Kevin Harrington to me after Zig passed away. And so that's how we met. And that's how we developed our relationship was through a mutual mentor. Then I get Kevin as a mentor. I'm learning all this great stuff about business. I'm winning bigger in business than I ever dreamed. 
but I was losing at home. And so it's when I figured out during that relationship that I could use everything I was learning from him and I could apply it at home, that I could scale in business and scale in my personal life, that I could have a dream team in my business. And there's a whole chapter about dream team and I could have a dream team at home. And, and that's one of my favorite chapters in the book, by the way, in our book, Mentor to Millions, it's called Dream Team, because we teach people how to have a dream team in their work. But then at the end of the chapter, I talk about how you can have a dream team at home. And so, so Kevin, the original shark from Shark Tank, he's uber successful. He's been a great mentor, but he's been a great mentor because he's let me fail. He's been a great mentor because he's helped me learn from those failures. And he's been a great mentor because he supported my pivot of my family. I mean, many of the trips that I went on with my kids were with Kevin. You know, and it impacted his life. Like I started impacting his life and his relationship with his two sons because he was mentoring me and seeing the things that were happening in my life. And that can happen in a really good mentor-mentee relationship. The mentee can impact the mentor just as much. If you ask anybody in America, probably everybody listening to this podcast episode right now, if you ask them, do you believe having a mentor is a good idea? Everybody will say, yes, absolutely. But, you know, results show and statistics show that less than half of America, less than half of people actually have one. I probably, I think that's probably even, even high is my guess. But why is that? Why do you think everybody knows that we should have a mentor, but most people don't? Okay. So let me give you an analogy. Um, and it's the same reason. So this, this applies. So we've done over 250 of these media interviews and five times so far, we have been talking to people that have a reach of a million plus, And they asked Kevin and I to stay on at the end of the show. And all five times, it's ended the same way. Hey, I really bought into your message of mentorship. And I realized I really need a mentor in my life right now. Would you mentor me? And we're both like, oh my gosh, why didn't you say that on air? Like, why didn't you say that when we were live and it was recording? Because do you realize how many hundreds of thousands of people that listen to you are thinking the same thing as you? Like the reason they don't have a mentor is because they don't have the courage or the, how should I say it? The uh, vulnerability to raise their hand and say, I'm ready for a mentor. And, and these people kept us after the show because they didn't want to say it on air because a lot of people look to them for leadership and mentorship. And so they wanted to do it privately. But the truth is they needed to do it publicly because people need to hear them at their level say, I need a mentor. And so I think most people don't have a mentor because they're afraid to ask. Like they're afraid to raise their hand and say, I need a mentor. It, it, it shows, they think maybe it shows weakness or vulnerability when in reality, mm. it takes more courage uh, and more, more courage to raise your hand and say, I'm ready to be mentored than it does faking it and thinking you have it all together. And guess what? I don't think we've ever been in a time where people are more willing to help each other than right now because of these crazy times we're in. People are willing to help. I know coaches that are doing free coaching session. I know people that you you put yourself out there on your social media and say, I'm ready to start a new business and I need help. And you'll be shocked at the number of people that will show up to help you. you but you have to ask. No mentor shows up to a mentee and knocks on their door and says, hey, are you ready for my wisdom? Are you ready for me to help you? It doesn't work that mm-hmm. way. The mentee has to show up and be ready. It's the old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. It's the same in mentorship. When you're ready, okay, when you're really ready to be coached and taught and to have a mentor, your mentor will show up. 
All right, Mark, well, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I, I would love to lean on you for wisdom and advice as I grow and scale my business. Could we form that relationship? Absolutely. I did enough homework on you to know that you and I are cut from the same cloth. And, I, and I'm going to be really candid with anybody listening. I, I could help a lot in business. I've had multiple successful businesses, 15 to be exact, and I've sold seven of them. I've got one of my biggest businesses I'm working on right now. But I'm not at a place in life where I'm mentoring anybody in business anymore. There are plenty of people that do that. My spot of passion is to help high-performing, successful entrepreneurs like you that have big reach, that have families that want to win at home like they win at work. So I'm going to put you on the spot and say, you know, before I would be willing to mentor you, are you ready to absolutely crush it at home the way you've been with this podcast and the way you've been with your business, you know, and, and ready to win in ways that you can't imagine at home, not just at work? And are you ready to, you know, to make your family your most valuable business? 100%. I li I've lived the opposite. That's the answer that I'm looking for. And, and any, any answer other than that, I'm not your guy. And so, yeah. you know, so I would, I would love, uh, especially at the stage that you're at with your family, man, I would love for you to learn, uh, you know, from the lessons that I, the lessons that I had to learn the hard way. And, uh, you know, I'd love to share that and, and make sure, cause, and the only reason I can share it just, just super candid here. The only reason I can share is because I got it wrong much longer than I've gotten it right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's just, everybody needs to know that I did not get this right, you know, and, and got this fairy tale, you know, no, I got it wrong for a long time. And my kids, by the way, if they're on here, they're happy to tell you how wrong I got it. Like they have no problem, you know, pulling back the curtain and saying, man, dad got it wrong for a long time, but he got it right just in time. And that's what matters. The, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time today. You know, when I started coaching, and so I was a college wrestler. And while I was in college, I actually started to coach young wrestlers at wrestling camps in the summer. I'd be a camp counselor. I'd travel around and I'd get to, to instruct. And I found that whenever I began to teach and, and mentor these young athletes, it held me more accountable and I grew and I got better because if I'm teaching a, a young kid <clears throat> how to, to execute a certain move or a certain position to, to get to or to stay in, then, uh, and then I go out and, and I'm executing it in practice or in a, in a competition and I'm not doing it. I felt accounted. I just felt more accountable and it reinforced all of this stuff to me. And now I'm a, a personal performance coach, uh, executive life coach, and, and I'm working with all these amazing high performers. And we're working on everything from, from family to business, to health and wellness relationships. And I am so much better of a person because of this, because I have these conversations and they're bringing these challenges to me. And I'm thinking, man, I have the same challenge or, or I've been through the same challenge or, oh yeah, I solved that problem five years ago, but I forgot about it. And I'm drifting back into the wrong area, the wrong way of going about this, but it, it, it helps me. So do you find that to be true? Do you find that, that as you coach, as you mentor people, it helps you as well? Here's the scoop. Anyone out there that says, okay, let me just start here. Mentor to Millions is not about money. Okay. It's about impact. We wrote the book because we believe that people, that the listeners that you have out there have a purpose, a product, 
or passion that the world needs. And the quickest way and the biggest way to get this to the world is through mentorship. So that's why I wrote the book. It's about impact. So let me tell you the exponential impact formula. It works like this. And this, if you can see, if you're watching on video, if you can't see, I'm sitting in front of a brick wall. Now, brick walls, they're strong. We build houses out of them. We build buildings out of them. We build foundations out of them. Okay. But that brick wall is exactly the exponential impact formula. So it works like this. You have to get the right mentor first. And that mentor will hand you the bricks. That mentor knows where the bricks are at. They've forged the bricks. They know that they're strong and that they can help you. So you've got to first, step one, get the right mentor. Step two, you must become that mentor's best student. What does that look like? You got to collect those bricks. You got to implement, you got to act on the wisdom that they give you and be their best student and collect as many bricks as you can from that mentor. Then you assemble those bricks into this beautiful wall or foundation. But here's the deal, man, your smallest child can knock over a brick wall that doesn't have any concrete or mortar in it. All right. So bricks just collected don't do any good. So what you need is this concrete. You need the mortar. And that's step number three. So once you've gotten the right mentor, once you became their best student, you must now teach what you've learned to somebody else. That's what locks it in. That's the concrete. That's what makes it a brick wall. That's what makes it foundation that you can build a business on. You can build a foundation on. You can build a life on. And so you follow that formula. You get the right mentors in your life. You become their best student. And then you teach other people what you've learned. You will undoubtedly impact millions. And for the listener, you know, you're listening to this wherever you're at, you're on the treadmill or you're working out or you're commuting or whatever you're doing right now, there's so much good stuff coming from this episode. Make sure you go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. You can get this, download the, the action plan for this so you can get all the, all the points that Mark is sharing with us here. So Mark, I love the framework. I love frameworks for thinking things through. And that was, a, that was another great framework right there. Now, we talked a little bit about failure. You talked about a, men a good mentor allows you to fail. Can you tell us about a time when you failed in your life, a time when you failed and you felt that, that hopelessness, that self-doubt that comes with failure and how you move through that? You know, I, one of my biggest failures in life was uh, I had started to have some real experience or some real success in business. In fact, I, I got really fortunate and had one of my businesses really take off and go through the roof. And uh, by all rights, I was uh, a millionaire before the age of 30. And I, I had mentors that helped me start that business, helped me build that business. But pretty soon I started thinking that I was all that and, and more. And I quit leaning on my mentors. I quit leaning on the people that got me there. And I just said, man, I'm, I'm just an awesome entrepreneur and I could take this thing to $100 million. And, and what happened was is that I'd, I'd done so much business that uh, my local bank said, man, we can help you get to $100 million because your business is doing so good. We'll give you a million dollar line of credit. I'm like a million dollar line of credit, man. I'll take this thing to a billion dollars if you'll give me a million dollar line of credit. And so, man, I, I took that million dollar line of credit and I'm just firing away, you know, just running and gunning as a, as a solo entrepreneur that, uh, you know, without, yeah, I had a team, but I wasn't consulting mentors anymore. I wasn't consulting my team. I'm just firing away. And I'm going to tell you something, Jim, I woke up two years later and not only was my business not making money, 
but that million dollars was gone. And now that million dollar line of credit was a million dollar noose around my neck. It was a million dollar yoke weighing me down. It was a million dollars that kept me up at night every night. And I realized I had gone so far away from what got me to that point of being successful. And I was trying to do it on my own, all by myself. Now I'm embarrassed. Now I don't want to tell anybody that I'm a million dollars in debt. You know, now now I, I don't want to tell anybody that my my business is 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 not profitable and not successful. And so I literally had to go back to the beginning of where I got there. And thank goodness I had some amazing people still in my life that I could be honest and vulnerable with. And those mentors picked me up. They helped me see the mistakes that I had made. And you know what I had to do? Do you know what one of my mentors said? Just go back to the point where you were getting it right and start getting it right again. And I literally just, I mean, you know how simple that is? It's like, it's like the most unbelievably simple advice. So I went back to the point that I was getting it right and how I was doing my business and what I was doing. And I just started doing it again. And three years later, my business was number one, I was debt free. Okay. I paid back the million dollars. And number two, I had made a million dollars in profit that year. And the very next year, I sold my first business for multiples that I couldn't have imagined. And all I did was go back to doing what I was doing when I was doing it right. And it took a mentor to help me see that. But I was literally on the verge of losing it all and losing everything and, and losing and my staff, my team, all losing their job, likely losing my home, my business, everything, because I had gotten away from what I was doing because I thought it was all me. And, and that's, that's the big mistake that we make. We were, we're human beings. We're not supposed to do this alone. We're supposed to have people in our life. We're supposed to have mentors and we're supposed to be mentors. And so if you have mentors and you become a mentor, then unlimited possibilities open up. And, you know, I am thankful for that experience. I wouldn't ever want to go back and do that. And I never want to see anybody get themselves that backed into a corner like I was, you know, but man, uh, the feeling of that is real and it's with me today and, you know, and, and it's defined a lot of who I am. And that's why we wrote, I mean, in fact, that story is in the book. That story is actually in the book. It's in the chapter from failure to Phoenix because it was so impactful to me. And Kevin Harrington has failed many times. In fact, you know, often when he speaks in a room, he's there because he's the most successful guy in the room, but he's also there because he's failed more than anybody else in that room. More than eight, sometimes more than everybody combined, because you'll find that super successful people fail a lot and they learn from every failure and they get up stronger from each time they fail. That's the key. Failure is not final. It's not fatal. But boy, is the lessons learned in that time of failure. And by the way, the same goes for family. If you're out there listening and you don't let your kids fail, you have failed them. Like let them fail under your roof. Let them fail as many times as they can under your roof so you can be that coach and mentor to help them so that they don't have to fail as much in life. How do you find a mentor? So for the person who's listening and saying, this is it, I get it, I've got it, I, I, I've got to take that next step. What do you do? Is there a certain way to ask yeah. a mentor or how does somebody go yep. about finding a mentor? Yeah, it goes like this. Let's show everybody how it works, Jim. Raise your right arm, right hand. I'm ready for a mentor. I'm ready for a mentor. Okay. Now you have to say that to your inner circle. Now your inner circle can be people who follow you on social media. It can be your friends. It can be people on your contact list of your phone. 
I promise you, if you will say and mean it, I'm ready for a mentor. Now, notice, Jim, I didn't say I need a mentor. I didn't say I want a mentor. That's very self-serving. If you're ready for a mentor and you're vulnerable enough to tell your inner circle, I'm not saying your inner circle is who's going to be your mentor. Your inner circle is going to introduce you to your mentor. Jim, I'd never met you before. Okay. But we got introduced through mutual connections that we had. And now we're talking to each other and we're developing this know, like, and trust just in this time frame that we're here. And we're committing to helping each other in the future. Okay. So, and you were bold enough to raise your hand and say, Hey, would you help me out? And I'm courageous enough to say, yeah, I will, because I've been there. I know what it's like. And so I'm, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but if you, if you're listening right now and you say, I can never find a mentor. All right. Then go to your social media and let's say your name is John and just say, Hey, I'm John and I need help starting a business. Can you introduce me or can you help me? And somebody in your inner circle that is following you and watching you and paying attention to you is either going to step up and say, yes, I can, or I can't, but I know who can and I'll make the introduction. Mm -hmm. That's how easy it really can be. But you have to be vulnerable. It takes guts to do that. It takes courage to be that vulnerable. But in the moment of vulnerability is your greatest strength. So that's how you find him. Had a conversation with a guy this morning. Uh, he he texted me, and uh, you know he didn't ask me straight out, but I guess he kind he kind of did. He didn't ask me to be his mentor, but he said he wanted to learn from me and follow me. And and uh, we had a conversation. It was an hour and a half long this morning, and it was so fulfilling for me to to be mentoring him. And this is somebody who I hold in very very high regard. Matter of fact, he was a, a guest on my podcast. And somebody who I, I just hold in such high regard, but it's, it's, it's so enjoyable and so fulfilling to, to mentor somebody like that. And I learned, I mean, I learned it reinforced so many things that I know that I have to do personally and professionally. And, uh, and, and there was definitely a mutual benefit. So for the listener, take action on this. Don't, don't sit on this. Don't let this be another episode you listen to and you move on to the next thing or you shut it off and, you know, go on about your day and, and don't do anything about this. This can be, this can be, if you choose, if you want it to be, this conversation that you just listened to can absolutely change the course of your entire life if you want it to. So take action. Mark, thank you for making time to come on the show. How can people find you, follow you, buy your book, et cetera? Yeah. If they want to know more about the family message, they can, they can look me up at marktim with two m's.com. The book is mentor to millions. It's available wherever books are sold. Jim, we hit uh, number one in almost every category that we wanted entrepreneur, parenting, et cetera. So it's not hard to find the book on Amazon, but for your community. Okay. If you're listening out here and you're part of this community, we did this for people who bought the book pre-order. We did a little special offering. And so Kevin and I have agreed to kind of carry this forward for a few of our friends. And that is, if you go buy the book and then you go to Kevin Mentor, Kevin Mentor. So look at it as one word, kevinmentor.com. And you put in your receipt that you bought the book. We'll give you 30 days of mentorship. These are, these are videos. There's some live stuff on there as well that we'll do, answer some questions. But they're lessons that we've learned about family and business. And it, it drips out to you over 30 days. After 30 days of having mentorship from Kevin and I, you're going to want to have mentors in your life forever. You'll have that courage to raise your hand. So it's just a little gift that we like to give your community to go to kevinmentor.com after they bought their book, but they can buy the book anywhere that books are sold. 
kevinmentor.com. Make sure you check that out for the listener. And, and of course, I'll always have that in the action plan. jimharshawjr.com slash action. Have all the links to everything that Mark referenced in this conversation today. Mark, thank you for making time to come on the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Jim. I, I loved it. I love this topic. And uh, I love the commitment that you're making to be the leader uh, of your family that you were put on this earth to be. So I commend you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.